Hi guys, welcome to Chaos Under Control. My name is Emily Richardson and I am the host and the creator of this podcast. So for season two, we've really been adamant about following the who, what, when, where, why, and how series that we have. And I said that I wasn't going to stray off that if I didn't have to, but I have an episode in front of me for the who category that I really wanted to record today. And I attempted recording it a couple of times actually, and I just couldn't get it right. And normally when that happens is because something else is pressing on my heart that needs to be shared instead of that. But I was thinking, I was like, what, what, why is this not working out today? Like I need to talk about the who category. That's what's on schedule. That's what's written up today to talk about. Why is this happening? I was so frustrated. And then I just had this moment of peace where I was like, Emily, you don't need to talk about the categories today. You need to get out of the algorithm of the who, what, when, where, why, and the pattern. And just for today, just be very honest and just very wholesome and just kind of bring everybody back to the center. Just have that moment. I'm very much a go by a plan kind of person. I like everything laid out, clear to the point. So for me to stray off topic is actually hard for me as a person. But nonetheless, I have been thinking so heavily about this is going to be like way left field, but I have been thinking so heavily about all the posts I'm seeing on social media of these kids that are just vanishing from their families, the family members who are kidnapping their children or relatives or other kids and just taking them away and harming them. And all of this has been so heavy on my heart to the point where I'm going to be very honest with y'all because I don't hide things from y'all. I have really struggled with anxiety lately, especially with my husband gone. I've had nightmares that I've woken up from that my my son and I got kidnapped by someone and they took my son away from me and very heavy, extensive nightmares. And we're still new to the state of Georgia. We've only been here a few months. I don't know anyone here. And it just kind of worries me a little bit. But I do get those feelings of anxiety due to all the horrible, horrible things happening to kids in the world today with child sex trafficking and kidnapping and Oh, it just makes me uneasy to even think about it. But with all of the bad that's going on, I actually posted on my social media not too long ago because there was a little girl named Faye in the state of South Carolina where I'm from. And she got off the bus one day and she was kidnapped that afternoon and killed that same day. And they recovered her body three days later. And when they had the press conference about, it was an urgent press conference, they said, I had a like a very painful feeling in my gut. And I knew I was like, it's bad. It's bad. But I just kept saying, you know, they, there's something good is going to come from this. There's something good. I have to believe that it's not going to be bad news, Emily. It's going to be good. Well, they got on the press conference and sure enough, it was bad news. They explained they had found her and they had found another body as well that might be connected to her case. They don't have evidence on that for sure. A lot is going on with that, but I was devastated mostly because for one, a little girl lost her life, an innocent little girl in a horrible way. But there is a case right now in Colorado in the neighborhood two minutes from where I lived where a little boy is missing. And this little girl is now she passed away. She was from South Carolina where I'm from. And there's kids everywhere who are just vanishing right before our eyes and being harmed. And 
like my child is my world. I could never imagine the pain that these parents are going through. I would be, I don't know what I would do if I was in their case. And I hope no one ever has to experience that because it's horrible. And I feel for them and I pray for them so hard. But through that, when they announced her situation, I shared that article or I shared the announcement. And also not long before that, a few days before, I actually had someone reach out to me that listens to my podcast that follows me on social media. And they told me, they said, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but you seem a lot more into Jesus than you once were. And that statement has kind of, I'm not going to say haunted me, but it's really been pressing on my heart to speak about on this podcast. And I said, which is going to sound so immature, I said, well, I don't know how to fit that in my podcast. It's not going to fit in the who, what, when, where, why, and how category that well. I mean, I could say, why do I love Jesus now? But that doesn't really sound good. And I was so, like, just so focused on the who, what, when, where, why, and how series I had going on that I was like, I I guess I don't need to talk about it on my podcast. But the Lord kept hitting my heart, and He said, no, I've made you talk about some of the hardest things you've ever been through on your podcast for a reason— and I'm not going to turn away from you now. I didn't turn away from you then. I'm not turning away from you now. You need to talk about it. And I was just like, okay, I don't know. I've never written up notes for this episode. This is coming straight out of my mouth. But he just kept pressing on me. And I said, I just don't know how to explain that. But as a believer, it's my job to be honest about things and to be relatable and to be there for other people. And so when they recovered her body and they had that Uh, news conference and I shared it. The Lord really pulled on my heart that day. And he's like, today's one of those days you need to speak up. And I posted this long Facebook status. And if you want to see it, it's still on my Facebook. If you're not my Facebook friend, um, I will get that status for you. We can maybe be friends. We'll see. But regardless, he pulled on my heart and I posted on there why I'm more about the Lord now. And I'm going to share that with you here today. So Someone, like I said, reached out to me and said, I seem like I was more into Jesus now than I once was. So if you've listened to previous episodes, you know that I was a wild hog when I was 20, 21, 22, living my best life. And I'm not going to say I regret it because it taught me a lot and it prepared me for the things that I do and don't want in the future. And I'm very appreciative for that time. But Then I still knew who Jesus was. I had him in my heart. I was raised in church. I was baptized. I I feel like I still had a connection with God at that time, but I went through something that is on an episode about when I had a hard time forgiving myself. And when I went through that situation, I'm not going to say I doubted God because it's not God's fault, but I just felt like I let God down in that situation. And I let myself down and a lot of people down. And well, I, I'm not going to say a lot of people. The people that knew wanted that to happen. And I just feel like as a whole, I still let people down, God especially. And so I kind of strayed away from him because that was easier at the time. It was much easier to do that. And then I told myself, you know, if God is real and he loves me and he cares about me, he will send me someone to love me and forgive me for what I've done. And if he really loves me, he'll give me a chance to be a mother again one day, which is a horrible thing. Don't try to bargain with God. Don't say, if you love me, you'll do this. I don't know who I think I was, but regardless, I said that. Nonetheless, not long after that at all, months later, he sent me my husband, who I married three months after meeting him, and I don't regret it for a single second. I love him to death. And then a year or so later, we had a baby, or I got pregnant, excuse me. About a year or so after marrying my husband, I got pregnant. And so 
God really delivered in that time. And I was like, wow, okay, you know, that's pretty incredible that that's what I wanted and that's what happened. And then after becoming a mother, my view of God just completely altered itself. And I don't know if it's because of my experience before or the fact that how something so beautiful could be part of me is just beyond me. I get that he's beautiful like my husband. I get that. But I see myself so imperfectly some days. And when I look at my child who is half of me and tons of people say, he looks just like you. He acts just like you. I look at him and I say, how can something so perfect come from me? But the fact is he didn't come from me. He came from God. He was from heaven. My brother helped make him the people that have passed on before that meant so much to me, my grandparents, they made Stetson and he is a part of me, but they said, you know what? We're going to give her the best. We're going to let her know she is loved. We're going to give her all we have in this child. And I get to watch him grow and love him every day. And it means everything to me. And now that I have him, God's love and his promise is just so present in my face. It really is. And to think that there are parents out there who maybe they wish for what I wished for, and maybe that came true, and to have that taken away from them with their babies just gone or murdered or all these horrible things that are happening, that I I literally cannot put myself in their shoes. It aches me to think about it. It really does. And I think about it all the time, which is why my anxiety is so bad. But I'll tell you, when that person asked me, I really feel like you're more into Jesus, I just told them, I said, you know, God took someone as broken as me, as selfish as me, as completely lost as me, and he never gave up on me. He said, nope, she's mine. Before she's a failure to this world, she's perfection to me. I chose her. I made her. I loved her. I picked her. And I want this life for her because she deserves it. And she's a good person. And this world's definition of good and a wholesome person and a loving person is not mine. I know what she really is. I know her heart. I know her before the world knows her. And he gave me so much more. And I just hold on to my baby so much tighter now, seeing how unpromising this world is, seeing how fragile this life is for little children to vanish and be killed. And for people like the people in the helicopter, Kobe Bryant, his daughter, the fathers, the mothers, the children, her teammates, the pilot, all of those nine victims to just be gone in the blink of an eye randomly on any given day. This world isn't promised. It's not. But I'm here to tell you now that when the hardest of times happen, I need something to lean on. And that's what I put on that status. I put on there what really opened my eyes to Jesus is that, you know, this world isn't promised. I've seen it too often this month alone, much less throughout my life. This world is not promised, but I know that there has to be more than this. There would not be any reason for God to take his time to physically put all of our features on us, every hair on our head, every freckle on our face, all of our things that we like, things we don't like, things that make us us, just for us to have such a short time on this earth. There has to be more after. I believe that. I don't think that I only had nine years with my brother. I don't think that at all. I don't think that my grandmother, who had dementia for most of my life, only got to really know me and love me for a handful of years. I don't believe that. I believe there's more after this life. There's something better. But you don't know when that time's going to come. And when these times come, when these babies go missing or they're hurt or we lose loved ones or our marriages fail or we're fighting to keep our marriage together or we're heartbroken or life is just awful like it can be, 
I need to have something stable to lean on that I know is here for me, is here for the good, that doesn't feed into the negativity in this world, that doesn't let fear break them and buckle them. I need something solid because I'm here to tell you now, I love my husband more than anything. Without him, I wouldn't have my child and I wouldn't know what it means to find your better half. But you never know what people can do. And I want to love him till the end of time, but you never know who people can be. And God forbid, please, but if he were to wake up one morning and say, I just don't want this anymore. I want something else. If that were to happen, I would have to have something to hold me together. And there's nothing on this earth that could do that, I don't think. Everyone on this earth is broken. We're all experiencing brokenness and hurt in our own ways. We all have jealousy. We all have flaws. We sin every day. I need something that is solid, secure, and honest, and so pure to guide me through it. I need that strength. And that's what I find in Jesus. I don't find that on this earth. And you know, it's crazy because I used to be the party girl. I used to cuss all the time. I used to do all the things. And that was what I thought I needed to do in my 20s. And you know what? I did it. I moved on from it. That is what it is. But when you become a parent and you really, really ground yourself in your marriage, you realize that this is life. Being his mother is my life. Being his wife is my life. Being in this family, this love is my life. And you will fight for it to the ends of the earth. But you need something outside of going and getting wasted at the bar to take your mind off of it when things go bad in this life, in this marriage, in this parenthood. When I struggle as a parent, I don't want to feel like that I need to go to a club with loud music every weekend to clear my mind. I want to feel like that I can fall on my knees and pray and say, I'm broken. I'm failing. I'm failing my child right now. I need to be better for him. My husband deserves better. What can I do better? Show me what I can do. Because here's the thing. Am I saying that I'm never going to go to another club or never have another drink? No, I don't think drinking is bad. I think if you drink excessively to the point of blacking out on a regular basis, like I once did, that probably could use some work. I just personal opinion. I think that going to the club all the time isn't a bad thing. Going to the club and going to going to Walmart are no different. It's your behavior that's different. It's your mentality. It's your expectations. It's your actions. The club isn't the bad place. It's the people in the club's behavior. So that's not the point. But the point is, is that I just don't find comfort there. I don't find that to be my solution. I'm finding my solution, my peace, and my solidification that no matter how bad or broken this world is, no matter how often I'm knocked off of my feet, flat on my back, none of that matters because I'm going to find the strength to get through it because this isn't forever. This is temporary. Like Carrie Underwood said, this is my temporary home. That song makes me cry every time, so I'm not going to get into it. But ultimately, becoming a mother just really opened my eyes to how precious life is, how I made something so precious with the person that I absolutely adore. And he's half of me and the half the person I love and God handmade him for me. And for me to be able to raise that life, to be special enough to be in that life's presence as his mother, as his comforter, that to me just solidified that God is so good with his delivering, his timing. And there have been so many times where I'm like, God, when my husband and I were trying to have a baby and it just wasn't really working that well, I was like, are you punishing me for what I did? Is that what this is? Are you punishing my husband for my mistakes? Is Really, is this what's happening? And he wasn't. He was preparing my heart and my husband's heart. He was giving us time to stop blaming him, to stop 
worrying to just be in the moment and love each other and trust his timing. Trust that even though I told him, I said, God, I'm here to tell you now, I cannot have hope while my husband's deployed to Afghanistan that I'm pregnant. I have to know before he leaves. I have to. I can't handle another negative test. And I up and took one a few days before he left. And sure enough, it was positive. And God said, you know what? I want you to learn to be patient. I want you to know that good things come to those who wait. And let me tell you something. Nine months later, the best thing I could have ever imagined beyond that came to me and my husband. It's the truth. And I'm not here to convert you all to be insane Christians. And I'm not a pastor or anything of the kind. But I really so badly, I don't even know how to explain it, want people to understand that amidst this broken world, there is something better. And I found that. And it took me, honestly, getting out of that party life to really find something that I'm so terrified to lose because I thought partying was everything. But now I can't tell you the last time I went crazy and that's fine to people who do it. No judgment. If you're a parent and you party, I don't care. You live your life. But I wasn't scared to lose that. To really figure out the meaning of life, I had to be in something I was terrified to lose. I'm terrified of losing my husband and my son and his career being in the military. It scares me every day. But I love him more than anything, and I can't live in fear. I can't because God doesn't want me or you to live in fear. He wants us to live in this sense of peace and comfort of his word and who he is and his promises. And I'm telling you, if you can just find that assurance, the things in life you used to get so worked up about, the things that used to set you off, the things that used to stress you out and keep you up at night will slowly just become so much quieter. And you'll be able to fight them and say, hey, you're not going to get to me fear, anxiety. I don't have time for you today. Go see a therapist. Do what you have to do. Get on medication. I'm about to get on anxiety medication just because God is good. But let me tell you something. God's not going to want me to suffer here with anxiety if it's to that point. And it is. And I find assurance in him. But there's nothing wrong with getting medication for illness. If you had a cold, you would take cold medicine. If you are mentally ill, you need to get on medication for that. There's nothing wrong with it see a therapist, go on a vacation, just relax yourself. But seriously, with all the bad going on in this world, it's just been so many bad things have really just gravitated me to the word of God and who he is. It really has. And I'm going to continue messing up in this life. There are times people are going to look at me and say, she is not a Christian. She's a hot mess because I'm not perfect. I'm not striving to be perfect. I'm striving to be the best parent, mother, friend, just have patience. That's what I'm striving to be in this world. I'm striving to live life and accept it for what it is and enjoy it because it's temporary. But what's coming after it is just going to be better. It's going to mean so much more. But I'm going to make this life count while I have it. And you should too. And I'm here to tell you now, all those families that have lost kids that are hoping to find their kids, that these moms, oh, I'm about to get emotional. These moms that are going to bed, not knowing if their babies are even alive, like where they are, if they're okay, or having to go on through life without them, seeing their baby's room empty every day, the bed not slept in, the spouses that are going through divorce that are just feel like they don't have a purpose in this world without their better half. I mean, the kids that are battling illnesses or watching their parents battle illness, like it's devastating. This world is awful. It's cruel, but it's not forever. And the pain of this world is not forever. And I'm telling you, if you can find 
the one thing to gravitate to that is solid as a rock that will never change. It doesn't alter with the trends. It doesn't care about Instagram. It doesn't care about your weight. It doesn't care about your finances. It cares about your soul and who you are and the energy that you bring to this world. It wants you to get good energy in return for the good energy you give out. That's what you need to gravitate to, that solid foundation. Y'all, I love y'all. I Excuse me, I had a hiccup. I love y'all. I love this podcast. I love everything about it. I am so appreciative that I get to invest in this podcast with such transparency and positive energy and just no walls up, just completely out there, exposed to the world. And I hope that everybody that listens to this podcast gets some type of relatability and comfort and just a sense that we're all broken but there's one thing that's not broken, and that is the promise that something is better after this life. So don't live in fear every day. Don't live in anxiety. Stop worrying so much about money. Love the ones that are near you. Hug your loved ones. Hug your babies. Appreciate that they're still around. Don't waste a second of your life because you're not going to get that second back. Y'all, I love y'all. You mean everything to me. Have a great day. I cannot wait to record with y'all again next time.